Happy New Year and hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend slash my co-host, Devin. And today, we're here to give our first review of 2023. Very excited. We made it another year here on this uh, beautiful place we call home. But today we're going to be starting off 2023 with a doozy of a film that is called Megan. Or, yeah, I guess it's just Megan. Um, Excuse me, M3gan? M3gan. But there's, it actually stands, it's like an acronym for something, which we will get to. But we will be giving our spoiler-free and slash spoiler thoughts um, and insights on Megan here today. We're going to be getting into our spoiler-free section first, and then we'll get into our spoilers. And we'll let you guys know once you hear this bad boy. Once we get into spoilers, but not just yet, so it's all good. You know, we're, we're still getting through the intro, but... Before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at Film Optics. That is optics with an X. Or you can email us at filmoptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions and if you haven't done so already leave us a five star rating and review on apple Podcasts. it helps our placement amongst the thousands maybe millions of podcasts out there there's a lot of podcasts out there but show us some love and leave us a five star rating and review on apple Podcasts if you are listening on apple device or you can leave us a review on spotify as well so devin Happy New Year. How you been, buddy? How was your holiday? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all and to all a new year. <laughs> are, are we going to say we're starting off with a blockbuster here? Is it considered blockbuster status yet? I think, I mean, I don't know. The, the, the Rotten Tomato scores for critics is showing a 95. Audience is sitting around a 78 for this movie. But I don't know if it's like a blockbuster, but maybe it can quickly become one after it's theater run for january it's it's definitely a blockbuster usually we do not get anything of note in january no not usually i think last year what did we get last year in january scream was a big one last year that's right maybe i think january should be the month for horror movies well it's usually the month for bad horror movies <laughs> unless you're they slash them well that didn't come yeah. out in january that just Man, every time I think about that movie. But yeah, I'm not sure if this is a blockbuster or not, but I think after its theatrical run, it could be considered one. I think I'm considering it one because when I went to go see it, uh, when I went to go see it, excuse me, um, with critics and uh, the general public, because I went on a Wednesday, previews were on Thursday, everyone loved it. They ate it up. And this is coming from a PG-13 like horror mystery thriller film. Everything James Wan touches is gold. Did you watch, did, did he do Malignant? Was was that him? Yeah, I that was also so. him. Did you watch that? Yeah. I was actually going to bring it up. It's kind of 
the, the kind of similar vibes are actually written by the same person. So that's kind of mm. actually, they're very similar in that way. They're just kind of like, they don't take themselves seriously at all, which is very good. Yeah. I'm still debating on whether to watch Malignant, but it's a fun time. Oh boy. I I don't know. May, maybe, maybe one day, maybe during the spooky season of 2023. We'll see. I'm not entirely sure. But Devin, are you ready to head on over to this toy store? I hear they got these awesome new animatronic toys. We're going to be, you know, picking up, bringing home, doing all of our laundry, doing our dishes, cleaning our toilets and pumping our gas. <laughs> yeah, I think there might be some Chuckies in the back that we could try to ask for. But I think the newest, brightest, shiniest model is, is Megan. Yeah, yeah. I think she is the newer version of Annabelle, from what I understand. But, you know. But, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this introduction to Megan. I thought I heard something. It sounded like Megan. If she comes in this room, I'll rip your head right off your neck, I swear to God. I thought about what you said. About... How when something's broken, you don't just throw it away, you fix it. So that's what I'm trying to do. But don't come in here, Katie, it's kind of a mess. Aunt Gemma's right, Katie. I'm all odds and ends right now. I'd really rather you didn't see me like this. (gasps) It sounds like you're fighting. We're We're not not fighting! fighting. Gemma just dropped me on the table, but I'm okay. Clumsy Gemma. And we are back with our Megan review here today. Um, this film is directed by Gerard Johnstone. Now that's that's a name, Gerard Johnstone. He's a New Zealander. Oh, he's a New. Uh, I can't really do New Zealand. This movie accent. was actually shot in New Zealand, surprisingly. That's why it kind of looks a little different than what we're used to. I guess I didn't notice. I was too mesmerized by. Megan, honestly, it's just so oh like she really just grabbed your attention on screen. Actually, when I went to go, and I'll get back to introducing the cast here in, in a moment. When I went to go see this um in my critic screening, and fans were welcome to come too, they had this, you know, this panel, like the um the pre-screening, you know, image, and Megan's just there. And every few minutes or so, she would say something. And it freaks me the crap out the first time that I heard her. And I was like, oh, my gosh. She had all these little little weird pre-recorded sayings. I'm like, oh, so this is like on a loop. But I thought that was just freaky. But the writers of this movie includes Akila Cooper and, of course, James Wan, which is um, the story is by and stars Allison Williams, Violet McGraw and Amy Donald. And the story is as follows. A robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) We got to sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. (laughs) Not spoilers yet, but sound the alarm. So the way that this is going to work for anyone here who is new listening to the show Welcome. We love you already. You're checking out our show. What more could we be asking for from you right now? But the way that we usually tackle these reviews is that we go into our initial reactions first, which is our non-spoiler section. Then we'll head into spoilers. And again, 
Once you hear this bad boy, I'll let you guys know once we get into spoilers. Then we're going to add a new segment into the show, which is trivia. We got a little bit of Megan trivia here, which deals with a few spoilers. So that will be right after the spoiler section. Then we're going to get into our final thoughts and then our ratings. And then it's time to skedaddle on out of here. So I'm actually going to pass over to Devin so he can give his initial thoughts on Megan. Yeah, it feels like this one, there's been some hype going on around it. Like just the meme train has been all aboard the past few months. Like as soon as that trailer came out where she was doing the TikTok dance, it was just, it was a wrap. Everyone was just all over it, like either making fun of it or kind of embracing it. And uh, I think the box office is showing that it it worked out. And um, going into it, I was not, I did not have high expectations at all. Like the trailers just kind of looks very, very generic. And it's been done so many times before, like haunted dolls, evil dolls, obviously Chucky, Annabelle, you mentioned, like, there's just so many examples of, of this idea being done. But what I think I, what I think this movie does well to kind of separate itself a bit is it doesn't take itself seriously at all. Like it it really leans into the the humor aspects of it because it is, it is funny to see a doll just have this much sass and just go around causing mayhem. And it just, it's a funny look. It's a funny situation. And they definitely lean into the humor a lot in this movie, which I appreciated because at the end of the day, it's not very scary at all. I would say like there, there's a couple jump scares here and there, but unless you, you're creeped out by dolls, I guess um, there's not much to hear in the way of scares or even kills because it has that PG 13 rating. So it kind of nerves down the kills a bit. There's not many memorable kills, but what, what really works here is the entertainment value because of the humor that they injected in. And it's a movie that is improved a lot by the theater experience. Like you got to see this one in the theater, hopefully with a lot of people in it, and then you get a good crowd reaction and that's when it starts to become really fun. Cause I feel like if you were at home watching this on Netflix or something, your eyes might get stuck in the back of your head because it's just they're just rolling the back there just so much just because it's it is silly and it is dumb but when you're in a theater uh, environment it just helps bring bring the character to life even more and and it really brings the entertainment value up and that's at the end of the day it was very entertaining so i echo a lot of what Devin is saying for my initial reactions um of course, when it comes to, you know, the, the killer doll aspect, like Devin said, we've seen it a million times before, but there's nothing wrong with that because I feel it's how you interpret that premise when it comes to, okay, you know, you're going to have a killer doll. Okay. Well, is it possessed, you know, by a demon? Is it animatronic? And in this sense, you know, it's, it's the Chucky slash Annabelle effect, also with a little bit of iRobot mixed in there because And Terminator. Yeah, course. and Terminator. Yeah. And we've we've seen so many movies where, you know, the AI becomes self-aware and starts to, you know, think and act on on its own and take over humanity, starts questioning humanity's, you know, culture, you know, our our um our way of life. But This movie had a interesting hook because when you first start watching the film, you know, it's the beginning of the film is not as traditional as a horror movie or thriller. Yeah, I would say it's horror um, would necessarily be. This film really focuses on the materialistic side of children 
in how they are glued to technology, especially in, you know, in 2023, you know, I mean, we're not kids anymore. When we grew up, we didn't have a lot of technology. We grew up with technology. We grew up with the internet. We grew up with online gaming and um, 3D movies, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, we were introduced to streaming when it came to around our, you know, our late teens, you know, early, um, or early adult life. So there's a lot of things that we experience, but this film really shows what children are into, but you also have that Furby effect almost as you see throughout the movie, there is a specific toy that does um, reminisce on that aspect of our childhood. So it is a little bit for us, but when it comes to this movie, you know, it's dealing with loss, it's dealing with grief, but at the same time, it's also showing how, or what humans or not even humans, just children, especially in today's world, kind of how they attach their grief or, you know, their attention to technology because today's youth, when it comes to technology, you know, they're, I mean, they, they literally are, they're thrown into this. You know, I, you see five-year-olds who know how to use iPads and with this movie, when it came to the tech side dealing with children, I thought that was very interesting, but you know, as, as a horror movie, I think it works just as well because Megan creeped me the heck out, but she did such a great job. I believe Amy Donald is the actress who plays. Um, no, I was going to say Annabelle, excuse me. She is the one who plays Megan. Yeah. She does like the, the choreography and stuff. And then there's Jenna Davis who does the voice. Right. Right. And it was really nice to, you know, you kind of get like the Darth Vader effect. You know, you have one person playing the actual character and someone else is voicing that character. But it was really nice to see Allison Williams and Violet McGraw in this uh, film as well. I think Violet actually kind of ran circles around Allison a little bit um, when it came to the performance side. I mean, we've known Allison from Get Out. And she was also in uh, Peter Pan Live. Not sure if you actually saw that or not, but uh, those are just a few things. I would say mostly her, and she was also actually in Simpsons as well, but and Mindy Project. But I would say most recently, uh, people might recognize um, Allison Williams from Get Out. And then you have Violet McGraw, who plays in... Haunting of Hill House. And she's also in Ready Player One. But, you know, Viola is, you know, she's still a baby. She's super, super young. I was looking at her uh, profile on IMDb and they have a very outdated picture of her. When she, when it looks like she was like maybe five or six, <laughs> which I think is kind of funny. But I, I think Violet uh, brought a certain um, performance to this where we don't really see how children grieve when it comes to loss or, you know, losing family members and how people around her age are supposed to attach themselves to the next adult and, or just person who comes into their lives. But this being a PG 13 rated movie, I thought it will, I thought it did a great job and I know I've been rambling here for a while and I do apologize, but I, I kind of wish she was rated R, but this is a movie. Like you said, Devin, you need to see this 
in a theater, because if you watch it at home, you're going to just lose focus. Not saying that it isn't engaging because it does have a lot of tense moments and a lot of kills off screen that makes you wonder, you know, what happened. It kind of has that uh, orphan effect almost where, you know, definitely a lot of orphan vibes in there, but I think it is a very solid horror movie. And for people who want to get into the horror genre, I think this is a movie that you can recommend to someone where it's just scary enough, but you know, it's not, it's not demonic. It's AI, you know, becoming self-aware, but I apologize (laughs) for taking up so much time there, but did you have anything else, Devin, you wanted to mention before we get into spoilers? Yeah, I think we can just dive in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is your first spoiler warning for Megan again. That is your second spoiler warning for Megan. (laughs) Every time I will never not make that Drake and Josh reference, but that is your second spoiler warning for Megan. So if you have not seen it, go take your mother, go take your brother, your lover, your significant other. And take your little butts to the theater and go watch it in a crowd of other like horror fans. Cause it, it really is. It, it was kind of funny at times too. But so we're in our spoiler section here now, Devin. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to get a sequel with this all together. I, I think so. Um, th- there isn't too much to spoil about the plot per se, because it is about a killer doll, you know, on the loose. She becomes self-aware and that's literally the whole plot for essentially the whole plot. But I will say there's one l- little, um, trivia fact I actually wanted to bring in up here. So let me bring this on up on the old IMDB, um, uh, when it comes to a technician, on set uses a pen to trick Megan's eye movement and the way that the scene, I'm sorry, a technician in the actual movie, the way that the scene is prevented through Megan's point of view is very similar to the montage of where officer Murphy reconstructs RoboCop in 1978. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, just a nice little tidbit there, but also Devin, do you know what Megan stands for? Um, it was like, uh, it was like Mach 3 generated Android something. Oh, almost. You're very, very close. So Megan actually stands for Model 3 Generative Android. So not Mach. This is an Iron Man, but close enough. Close enough. There, there Mod- is a Bruce that saves today, though, similar to uh, some Avengers <laughs> movies. <laughs> that is very, very true. That's very true. But um, yeah, when it comes to spoilers, I guess I just have to say that um, it, it was very well. I guess how did you feel when you know everything that's been going on in this movie? You know, you you have uh, Violet McGraw who is playing Caddy, Katie. Sorry. <laughs> I, the way she spelled Katie on IMDb is C A D Y, and I was like, "That's kind of weird." But w- what was your reaction? Like, because I wanted to get your thoughts on this when Katie actually finds out what Megan really is. Like, did you feel like that was a nice payoff? Do you feel like it was paced well when it came to the final acts? Because for me personally, I feel like the second and third acts blended in a little bit together, but. I guess this will be a little bit more on on the spoiler side, but it's kind of hard to. There really isn't much to spoiler spoil, you know what I mean? But 
especially when it comes to story beats besides the dog. RIP. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd say, I'd say that ending with Bruce was definitely foreshadowed pretty heavily. Like they wouldn't have set up that scene between um, the three of them earlier on if, if he wasn't going to come back and do something. So it didn't really catch me by surprise, but it, it was cool enough. Like they had to have some kind of action because there really wasn't much action or like any sort of like fancy kills throughout the movie. It's more so focusing on just Megan doing Megan things. Yeah, that that's true. Um, I think that is probably the weak point of this movie, at least for me, is that we didn't see a lot of action, considering how all the kills. Uh, I think Megan ended up murdering four to five people altogether um, off screen. He, I think, her first victim was the dog, and then she pushed the boy. That was very reminiscent of uh, Orphan, the first yeah. Orphan. And then the neighbor. I thought the neighbor one was pretty lame. It just didn't really like look like that painful or like impressive. I don't know. It's kind of hard to talk about the killing scenes and sound normal. Yeah. And like I said before, since a lot of the killing scenes or all the killing scenes are off screen, like you see where, you know, Megan's victims are severely hurt, but you don't necessarily see them die on screen. I think that's the only thing. It's kind of like a blessing and a curse. Because you have the PG-13 rating, which means everyone can go see this. And I swear to you, Devin, there was a baby in my theater. There was a baby. There was a baby in the theater. But there was also a lot of kids when I, you know, probably around uh, Violet McGraw's age, maybe a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger. But yeah, parents took their kids to go see this movie. Like there was like families rolling in like one by one, like outside of the reserve seating where uh, I was sitting and I was actually very shocked. I was like, I mean, do they know what this movie is? I wasn't entirely sure, but yeah, I guess when it comes to spoilers really is just about the kills, but unfortunately we don't really, we see everything leading up to, but we also see during the final showdown that Megan could very well still be alive inside of LC. the, uh, Elsie, yeah. That was pretty weird, but I, I gotta say, I thought this movie was pretty funny for what it was. Like, every reaction to Megan was just top-notch. Yeah, for me, it was all about the humor for this one. Like I said yeah. before, nothing nothing here really was was scary for me, but there were a lot of times where it's just, it's just funny. Like, it's obviously the dance moves, like, yeah. some of the lines she had, some of the, the sass she threw towards... Um, Towards Gemma, just the stairs they had back and forth. When she sung Titanium, that was that was pretty great. <laughs> so two little quick spoiler trivias and then we'll wrap up here. So the first one um, is the song that Megan is seeing playing on the piano is called Toy Soldiers. It's a 1988 hit from the artist uh, Martika. And the second piece of trivia is when Megan kills Devin, uh, not Devin, David and Kurt. <laughs> Sorry, Devin. <laughs> You're like the first person I know. It, it just goes straight to my brain. But when Megan kills David and Kurt in the elevator, uh, she left them there, causing a guest to the presentation to scream when the elevator doors open and sees the dead bodies. Similar to the scene in Die Hard, which is not a Christmas movie in 1988 where uh, McLean leaves a dead body of Tony. So it could be found by Hans and his men. So that was pretty cool. Nice, you know, 
nice little uh, nod there to Die Hard, you know, leaving uh, dead bodies in the elevator so other people can <laughs> find what's going on. But yeah, j- just a nice little uh, piece of trivia there. But let's get into our final thoughts and our rating. So we'll wrap this up really quick because I know Devin has to skedaddle. He's got some some dogs to sit. He's got to prepare for that. Hey, hopefully, you know, hopefully there's no dolls present. Hopefully. I mean, does your sister have any dolls in, in, in the house at all or, you know, anything stashed away? There might be some some creepy dolls stored away somewhere. I, I think that's what works about this so well is that it's just the creepy doll aspect. It's just I don't know what it is, but it works every time. I think this was probably as probably worse than Annabelle. I mean, Annabelle just kind of sits there. But like, yeah, Annabelle doesn't didn't never really work for me because it just kind of took itself too seriously. Unlike this one. Yeah, this one is very, I mean, I guess you could see more realistic in a sense, but I digress. Devin, what is your final thoughts and ratings on Megan? Like I said in the beginning, James Wan just does not miss. He's kind of becoming just the godfather of horror at this point because he has so many movies that have series and sequels and spinoffs and they just all are hits for the most part. And he's been doing it for almost 20 years now, which is crazy. Um, I saw an interview on, on Dead Meat's channel where he said um, he's obviously loved working in horror and then he does side projects like Aquaman. Like, oh, it's just a little little side project. Don't want to get, get away from the main the main attraction that's horror. So I thought that was funny. But um, yeah, it, it's definitely an entertaining movie. Definitely go see it in a theater. Um, that's really where it, it elevates to the entertainment level, um, being with a crowd of people that can react to everything. That's how it is for most horror movies, but this one especially because of the the humor and the meme value that this movie possesses. Um, it's not it's not a great movie, I would I would say uh, overall. There definitely is some issues. It, it's exactly what you'd expect if you see the trailer. Like that's what it is. It's, it's a creepy doll doing silly things, um, but it, I think it works for the most part overall. And I'd probably give it like a like a sixty six overall. Um, there's definitely some issues and it. It definitely didn't scare me at all, but the humor definitely saves it. Okay. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there when it comes to obviously this is our first coverage or first review of the new year, the new year, which is 2023. But I would say for our first review of the new year, I would say it's off to a good start. Uh when it comes to this movie, you know, it is I think it's the perfect movie to follow up, you know, whatever your last movie that you watched in 2022 is. If the last thing you saw was Avatar, you know, that is a three hour grand adventure, you know, that that is dealing with a lot of suggestive themes. And, you know, you have the whole ecosystem situation going on with Pandora. But I feel like for Megan, for a January 2023 release, I think this is a perfect time to place a movie like this. Um, I think it's a great start for anyone who wants to, you know, start off 2023, right. When it comes to any of our uh, film friends on Twitter or just any movie buff altogether, or if you're just a horror fan, you know, I some, for some reason nowadays, January screams horror, but we haven't seen a lot of great January releases. Maybe, you know, obviously last year we saw scream, but I can't remember what it was the year before that. And well, no, 20, yeah, 2020, right before the pandemic. I can't remember what it was out, but generally you would associate like 
January with just like, oh, like a random movie is just thrown in there. But I think in order for people to get their eyes on this, you know, Universal Blumhouse wanted people to watch this. You put this in a January release where nothing else is out. I mean, there's a few things out on streaming, but it's the only real first start to, you know, the new year. And it's like, this is where people are going to get, you know, put all their eyes onto it. And I mean, with 134 reviews on um, Rotten Tomatoes, it's at a 95% audience score sitting around a 78 uh, for my score altogether. It would be probably just like a solid 80. Like I really did enjoy this. I would absolutely watch this again uh, with some friends who haven't seen it just to see a few of their reactions. I don't know if I watch it by myself. Um, I don't know if I pick it up on a physical media, but it is something that I would definitely watch with a group of people, um, even around uh, Halloween time. So that concludes our review of Megan here on the Film Optics Podcast. Again, thank you guys so much for sticking with us. Thank you guys to all the amazing listeners out there. I can't remember if we did this in our last Wish Put, uh, Put Some Boots review, but just wanted to thank everybody uh, for supporting us and, you know, giving us pointers and just, you know, uh, supporting everything that we do so we can give you guys all this amazing content and, you know, all these amazing episodes. We love movies. We love TV. We love the way that they make us feel, whether it be good or bad. You know, sometimes it's pretty funny, but overall... It's uh, it's it's always a good time. So what's coming up next on the podcast really quick for what's coming up on this show. Um, you can look forward to our Last of Us uh, series weekly review. We're going to be covering that on a weekly basis as well as Velma. We'll be covering that around February once the series has completed. I've already watched uh, about eight of the episodes so far. Um, thanks to uh, HBO, and I got to say, it is very, very good. Very excited to talk about that here on the show, and we might actually be doing some of that 90s show coverage with uh, myself and Amanda, a.k.a. AMX NDA Reviews, and many, many more to come because this is going to be a crazy, crazy year. But if you like what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice and make sure to share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, or your significant other, make sure to share an episode of the film optics podcast with a movie lover in need. And with all that said, that is a wrap for today. Thank you all for listening. And if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple podcasts and Spotify and follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay in the know. I'm your host, Christian, and that was Demon, and we'll see you guys in the next one. And Happy New Year. Peace.